You alright? My name's Paul, I've got autism, and I make random videos based on my version of autism and the way my head works, and I stick the videos on the internet just in case you fancy giving them a watch. Uh, there's no time for a, a weekly waffle here, there's no catch-up, because um, I've got a lot to get through. So I'm going to basically talk about actual employment adjustments that would work, that could work, that would be better than not considering them at all. Things which don't usually happen much um, in the current climate. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I'm getting bored of reading articles as to why autistic people don't work. And then when you get to the, the root of to why they don't work, it's something to do with the autistic person, like it's a fault. But if someone can tweak something, and make it just a little bit better for somebody else, regardless of condition or no condition. Shouldn't we do that anyway? If it causes no bad vibe, no bad feeling, it's fair, it's legal, it just makes smiles. Why wouldn't we do good things anyway? Good things feel good. Put smiles on your face. So what I've basically done, and you'll have to excuse me, I will be looking over here quite a bit, is I've put down around about 20 things um from the sort of application interview stage the starting a job stage and the staying employed stage where i think as someone with autism what i would benefit from or would have benefited from um just to go through it and see where we end up because uh like i say you know the way it's considered now it's not good enough just saying as an employer oh we we've got a diversity policy it's not good enough you know it's what are you doing for the individual what you say that makes you fun happy shiny and friendly and gets a tick in a green box for your uh, internal auditing process it doesn't actually do nothing for an individual and as someone who has worked for many 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 employers i can hand on heart tell you the reason i've left every single one has been the way i've been treated whether i've been bullied whether i've been shouted at whether i've just not been considered as a human being it's caused me to leave each time lack of consideration doesn't feel nice so let's uh let's get into it and we'll see if you agree with me if you disagree or if uh you know you want to send a sneaky link to a boss out there somewhere so they can watch the video to give them a few prompts so let's go for it so let's hit the application interview sort of stage so a consideration i would go for is making sure the job description is accurate now that might sound obvious but you'd be surprised a lot of them don't tell you how many hours you're going to work it'll say approximately 38 hours excuse me how many hours do you want me to work i don't i don't live to wait for my life to work around your approximate hours you know this hopefully won't come as a shock to a single employer on the face of the earth but your business isn't my business i don't get your dividends i get a set wage so i don't care about your business i will care about it if you look after me and by not telling me how many hours i'm going to work isn't looking after me at all same with pay don't say it's competitive what does that mean that i'm competing with bills or it's competitive for the market or you think it's competitive no tell me how much i'll be earning be accurate be accurate with 
holiday entitlement. Be accurate with what the role actually entails because you don't want to get so far down the line and realize that this job is absolutely not for you because you decided to omit something. No, be accurate. And it also makes you look untrustworthy and people don't want to work for untrustworthy employers. Uh, but if you remove the misunderstandings, we won't have any. And it'll allow that part of the process to move forward ever so slightly a little bit smoother, won't it? Another adjustment I think would be good, and I know it might be seen as an unfair advantage, but it really isn't. And that's if you can provide questions prior to the interview. So I know people like to ask the same set questions and in interviews across a range of people. But I've said it before in videos, my mind is like a coffee filter. I have the information, but if you ask me to retrieve something, it's got to filter through that coffee filter. So it's a slower process for some things. But then in other areas, my mind races a thousand miles an hour and gets there well ahead of time. But when you want me to, so Paul, tell me about yourself. It's like, ah, uh, I really don't know where to start with that question. You know, like, I went to school. Uh, I lived with my mum while I was a kid. Uh, I don't know because I'm an adult. You, you, you just get lost in a sea of what a general question. What do you actually mean by that? You know, so I'm not saying supply the questions two weeks in advance, but let's say you've offered someone an interview 24 hours before, just ping them questions over just so we can actually have a look. So we're over the fear of what we're being asked. And so we can actually have an answer. We're not going to make stuff up because trust me, most people with autism are riddled with anxiety. We're not going to pretend we can do something, get in a workplace and then go, well, I just hope they don't realize that I'm not good at my job. There's no way people like me can live with myself with that. I would never sleep with the anxiety. So if there's a way of doing that because of the process time up here, it would help. Uh, because I think what you've got to understand as another point is that interviews are not natural, are they? They're a personality test. And it's weird to get dressed in a suit. So there's another thing, clothing, but I'll pick that up later. To go to a building you don't know, to talk to people you've never met before, to tell them a lot of personal things. It's a very unnatural event. You know, why can't we meet in a coffee shop? Is that all right? Are we allowed to do that? Can I just wear clothes I'm comfortable in and you wear clothes that make you appear a bit more human, please? <laughs> you know, is, is that an option? And if not, why not? Why, is it, why do we have to be so formal? You know, you are someone who will pay my wage and I am someone who will do a job that you've given me an accurate job description for between the accurate hours for the accurate wage you tell me. It's a transaction. I won't be impressed by your clothes and I don't want you to be impressed by mine. I want you to like the work I do for you because I'm doing it for exchange of a wage. Um, something else is um, not going to be for everyone, but I think to be given sort of the understanding, you know, when it comes time around for an interview, it's not going to feel good. Like I've just said, the clothing, the the difference, the opening up, the new people, the new surrounding might just need something for comfort. Can I take someone with me? As an employer, why would you have a problem that someone comes with them? You know, obviously they're not going to be there every day for doing their job. But for that short snapshot in time of one hour with someone who might give you a job, might not give you a job, the stress of travel, I just think having someone as an option for some people 
could be beneficial. So as an employer, I think as an adjustment, you know, I mean, for example, where I work now, that was in the, um, the, the, the interview invite. You know, if you want, you know, if there's any adjustments that you need, someone with you, whatever it might be, let us know. Yeah, I think everybody should do that because why not? So long as they don't talk for them, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, what else have I got on my little list? Let me have a look. Ooh, I like this one. <laughs> Ask the person who you are interviewing to provide you questions. Because again, the interview process isn't natural. It feels so bizarre and it is a personality test. And as someone with autism, my personality isn't really something I put much effort into because it's not a strong suit because I don't want it. I don't, want, I don't need a good personality. I don't want to socialize. I don't need to gain credit with my personality because what comes with that are things I don't want or need. So, you know, there's a lot of unnatural questions within an interview anyway that don't make much sense in everyday life. And they don't actually apply to the work that this person will do. You know, it'll be like, how, how do you comply with our ethos sort of thing? You know, how can you, how are you a respectful employee? How are you a trustworthy employee? Things like that. Whereas the person who's being interviewed knows what job they're going for. So they might be able to explain their skill, explain what they've done in that, in that sort of work where they've made something excel, whereas it once didn't. Yeah. Ask people to provide some questions that you could ask them where they feel They've got a bit of an advantage to come out of the box a little bit more to talk about something which might be a special interest to them. And if you employ an autistic person in their special interest, you're getting five people in one there. You know, the level and speed of work and the interest in it, some parallels, trust me. Uh, something else would be discussing work from home options. Now, I'm not going to go into that too much because I'm going to save that for an entire video all by itself but giving people the option of working from home. If someone is going to be at a computer all day and on a phone, they can do that from home and they get to miss all the small talk, all the traveling, the oddities that happen in a workplace. Do they need to be there or is there a, an option of working from home? Employers need to trust employees and employees need to not take the mick when they work from home. And that's the exchange, isn't it? But I think an option of working from home takes a lot out. I've worked from home for nearly 15 years. There, <laughs> uh, don't matter what job I'm doing, you know. So it needs to be a consideration because I get more done because I've got less to think about. And the last one for the applying and interview stage would be to focus on the skill of the person and not the times they were unemployed. So you'll see it on CVs. There's a gap. Why is this person unemployed? Why has that person been unemployed? Why can't they hold a job down? Oh, they've had five jobs in two years. They just jump around and they're not trustworthy. No, focus on the skill because I can promise you that I don't leave an employer if the employer is good to me. I don't leave an employer if I don't feel like I'm being bullied, attacked. If I feel my, my back has been got by my employer, I don't leave. You know, we have to still stay within certain confines whilst we're employed. People might leave because they're being bullied, because they're not being given clear instruction. There will be more blame outside of the person not being able to hold down a job. That's a byproduct of what's actually happening to them nine times out of ten. 
So focus on the skill, not the reason that they've been unemployed. Because if you treat them right, they're going nowhere. Trust me. I know I'm one of them. All right. So they move on to the second bit, okay, which is the starting of a job. And I strongly believe that autistic people should be given the option of a phased introduction to work. So when you've been off ill, when you've been off with stress, or when you've gone off because you've had a, had a baby, the, there is a phased return to work. You know, you'll work part-time rather than your full-time again to give you time to readjust, to go from not being in work to being in work. But that isn't an option at the minute for most employers to, if I was to work full time, there wasn't the option wherever I've been and wherever I've worked to come in on a part time basis and slowly readjust from not working to working and giving me time to absorb and digest and understand and figure it out and get used to the travel and allow time for recovery with the pain in the backside that traveling can bring. But I've never been given that option, and I personally believe, for me, it would be phenomenal. If I could have started at this new place I'm at now on a phased introduction, I mean, don't get me wrong, everyone's been spot on where I am. It's, it's eerily weird how nice everyone is, and, but they're all very genuine as well. I'm just not used to it, and that's the part that I've got to adapt to. But I would have still benefited more from a phased introduction. And I think if I'd have thought about it at the time and said it to the bosses, they're really nice. I think they would have gone for it. But I think as employers, they should take, you know, from what I'm talking now, if you are an employer, you should take the lead with that and see if it's an option. Of course, you only pay, you know, for the hours they work. I absolutely understand that. But the option is nice. It does give more time to process. Something else is to, once, once somebody's through the door, is review that job description that you made accurate to go through it to talk about workplace adjustments because you'll find a lot of autistic people, the, the sort of the term workplace adjustments scares employers because they think they're going to need to bend over backwards. But you'll find that you won't. You'll find a lot of things that people actually need who are autistic are not big deals for everyone else, but they're a big deal to us. So for me, where I am, I've spoke to my line manager and I've mentioned it before, but we use a system when we're staying away and at the minute within our company, what you have to do is you have to send a form to your line manager to say, I need an overnight for three nights. They agree it. Then you send an email to one of the admin and you say, I need three nights in this area. And they will send you a confirmation of where you're staying. Now, because I have awkwardness about where I stay and it's not through being a snob or anything like that, it's, it's I need not to stay in personable places. I don't want standalone named hotels and I don't want bed and breakfast. I need places like the Premier Inn, the Holiday Inn, village hotels, things I've heard of, seen a thousand times, and I know they're going to have food. I know uh, th these things you just know to remove a lot of that messing around. So I've asked my boss as a reasonable adjustment, can I just do my own booking? I've done it before. I've used that, soft, uh, that app before. So can I just do that, please? And he's chasing that down now for me, which is great. And I'm pretty sure he'll come back with a good answer because he's a nice dude. So you'll find that these aren't huge requests that people will come with. But to go through the accurate job description, 
which the artistic person saw, appreciated, everything was factual and fantastic. Great. That's why I applied. Now go through it with a bit of a fine tooth comb to try and find where people might need, if they need, reasonable adjustments. And you'll find they won't be as big as you think they are. Something else, um, when I did mention it a little bit for the, the uh, interview stage, would be clothes. I think it's really important to talk to someone who's artistic about the clothing they wear because I can't wear suits, I can't wear restrictive clothes. And it was a little bit of a trick when I went to where I am now. And I had to ask one of the line managers, what do I wear? You know, because they say you don't have to wear a suit, but you've got to be, you can be smart casual, but no jeans, no trainers. Right. So what do you think smart casual is? Is that pants, a shirt, no tie? Or is it chinos, a polo shirt? Or is it linen pants and a linen shirt? Is it shoes with laces, slip on shoes? Ah, you know, and it sort of really, it creates a problem and a bother where there just isn't one to be found. But because you haven't got the accuracy of what you need, it's important to get accuracy and feed it back. So if you do have a, you know, whatever your clothing policy is, nail it. Absolutely tell people what it is. Provide pictures. Open a page in a catalogue and go, if you come to work dressed looking like that, we're made. Whatever. I'm just saying be a bit accurate because that, as silly as it might sound for some, can be a bit of a distractor for others. It's why sometimes it's all right when you go to a workplace and they provide a uniform because you get to bypass a lot of that. Um, something else I would strongly recommend is let the process of an induction be smooth and slow and steady. So what you don't want to do is get so far into working and still not know how to do your expenses, still not know how to book holidays, you know, have confusion over how certain things work and what do I have to click? Where do I go? You know, just create a simple PowerPoint or a simple Word document for work processes. Click that, 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 and that, and that'll bring you to this page. And that's where you need to fill out this. And everything else on that page is actually quite self-explanatory, but is the route to it. We know how to do that. Trust me. We're very process driven. So if we're not, and we're just told it's going to miss a bit, you know, but the slow and steady process to make sure we have things nailed, everything's in line, that slow introduction to work as a phased introduction. Excuse me, I've got the hiccups. You know, talking about things like that will be a massive, massive help. And then the big thing for me on a personal level is the option of additional holidays because what people need to understand, especially where it comes to me, is I don't take holidays because I want them. I take them because I need them. So you get a lot of companies who go, right, you've got all your holidays. Please try and book as many as you can in January. So we've got, we've got it figured out for the year. That's a lot of pressure, believe it or not. We take pressure where you won't find it. And then we don't have pressure where you will find it. That's why autistic employees are great. We pick up what you don't and vice versa. We, we have the whole package there, don't we then? But I usually take a week or two in September, rarely take any before that. You know, if my holidays are from January to December, and then what I try and do after that is take a long weekend every three weeks all the way through to Christmas and then take some time off at Christmas. And I have my birthday off because uh, <laughs> I don't want people wishing me happy birthday. But you please remember that a lot of autistic people take holidays because we need them, not want them. You know, we would love to have the freedom to go and could be off for three days. But we don't. We have the apprehension and the nerves and the anxiety to go 
need to save as many as I can because I might melt down. And if I do, I'll need a bit more recovery time. So just removing that added pressure. And if there's an option to buy extra holidays in your company, brilliant. The last two places I worked, we had the option of buying five extra days. The place I'm at now, it's only three, but it's worth a chat to see if I can bump it up a couple, isn't it? Um, and then also the option of unpaid leave as well. And I'm not saying, you know, I know it makes it sound like we'd never want to be in work. It's the opposite. We do want to be in work, but you just never know. And it's worth having those conversations to know what we can rule in and what we can rule out because facts and accuracy are what we're after. The gray area never, ever helps us. So then to pick on the last bit, oof, with nine minutes to go, come on, Paul, is staying in work. What can we do to help autistic people stay in work? What adjustments are there? Well, like I've already said about holidays, you know, make sure that you don't put the pressure on. That's definitely something in there. Um, break times. So you find a lot of employers will give you certain break times. They'll say, right, you've got to have an hour for dinner um, and take 15 minutes at whatever time. We might need to be a little bit flexible on that. You know, like some days I might just want half an hour for me dinner because I'm just, when I'm in work, I'm in work mode. So it's really difficult for me to take a full hour in the middle of that day and just wait, you know, to then carry on working again. I'd rather just personally work right through and have an hour off at the end of the day, but that's the way I'm designed. But I'd rather take half an hour for a lunch and add half an hour to the end of the day, talk about flexibility of that, talk about what the, what the entitlement is versus what people are expected to do. And if, if it's not a possibility, then explain fully why. Because to people like me, I can't understand why. If I take an hour for lunch or half an hour for lunch and take half an hour back at the end of the day, that is still my hour, whatever way around I have it. You know, and I, I just, I get confused why I, why I can't do that in certain places. You know, I'd much rather have half an hour for lunch. I don't need an hour. You know, I'm not going to a restaurant. I'm grabbing a pepper army out the fridge. You know, I'm not doing anything fancy pants. So an hour's a long time. Something else would be to review workplace risk assessments. So I know I've already mentioned as part of the starting process that you should go through a reasonable adjustment, risk assessment, workplace risk assessment, whatever it is you want to call it. But it's very important to review that too, because you're meant to review your risk assessments anyway, whether there's been a change in legislation, a change in work process, or you know, a change in personal circumstance, you're meant to review risk assessments anyway. But what I found personally is places I have worked never review my workplace risk assessment based off time passing. It's kind of like, right, you said these once, that's it. No, 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 no. We, we need to talk about it. You might be changing a work process, which will change certain things, which might have, you know, put some fears aside where I needed the adjustment, but they might have created new ones. We need to have a chat about it. And what's really difficult for an employee, for someone like me, is I know I'm already asking for a lot or I feel like I am. It's hard for me to then constantly pull on your coattails and go, excuse me, can we do this as well? I know you're trying to run a business, but, uh, you know, and it, it makes you feel not great. So it'd be nice if, you know, on every, like on one-to-ones, like a final question or starting question would be, is your workplace risk assessment still accurate or do we need to go through it? 
simple enough, isn't it? Uh, something else uh, would be early warning to change. Um, so I've mentioned it to a, the, the last employer I was at. I was like, look, you know what you want to do because you're going to have a three-year plan. Can you share it? Can you let me know? Can you, you know, at least give me a heads up when things are going to change? Don't just say something on a Thursday and by Monday I've got to implement it. I can't do that. I need the process to be absorbed and understood. I need to ask a thousand questions because I want to make sure if other people are asking me why I'm doing something, I like to be able to give a full explanation. You know, some employers just drop it on you. And the last guy did, whereas this employer here is like, do you want me to send you my three-year plan? Like, and I've not even asked. It's like, if you, if you, if you want, <laughs> yeah. But it's really good because it lets you see where you're up to and it allows you as a person which to do something I've never had the ability to do and that is plan. I can actually look forward if I'm, you know, if I stay where I am and trust me, I want to, I can also plan forward for my life because I can see what my boss wants to do, which the company has buy-in for, which then gives me a little bit of employability security, doesn't it? And I never feel secure in work. So that was a that was a big game changer. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, and to be fair, good employees consult with their staff anyway. You know, it's also a regulation, two regulations, whether you're in a union or you're not. So you should, when there's large scale changes, consult with your employees. Um, oh, let's see what else I've got. So development. Um, what I've put down for development is. I, because I feel like I'm, I'm an imposter, I never feel like I'm good enough to do the job I do. I never feel like I'm welcome where I am. I never feel like my opinion matters. I never feel like any of my forms I give people or training I do, whatever it might be, I just never feel good enough. But the one way to make me feel valuable is to develop me, is to be interested in my learning, is to be interested in yeah, we've got Paul. We like Paul. He's a good employee. Let's upskill him. Let's give him accident investigation. Let's give him ISO. Let's train him up to be an internal auditor as well. Let's train him in Legionella. Let's train him in asbestos. Let's give him above the basic awareness training. When, when employers do that for me, even though it obviously benefits my role, you've no idea how important that makes me feel. It makes me feel valuable even though they could obviously click the fingers and boot me out the day after and it wouldn't, you know, flicker an eyelid. It makes me feel good. And if I feel good and I feel valuable, I don't want to leave because when I feel like I'm invested in, I feel important. I feel part of the team. You know, I feel part of something and that's the thing. I don't feel part of anything. So when I get that, it's great. You know, and just to bring it all back around from the, um, you know, the accurate job description, it's remain accurate. Don't like I've worked for people who've said, yeah, I know your car's got no air con, so you can have this vehicle when I'm done with it. I'm going to be getting a new one. And three years later, I'm still waiting for that vehicle and I'm still sweating with no air conditioning. You know, so what people say that doesn't happen has a massive effect. So if you, there's a chance of it not happening, don't say it. Only focus on the accuracy and you'll find that we are easier to get on with it. So there's three lots of places where I would make adjustments if possible. Um, and a couple of others just for fun because I've realized I've got 
a couple of minutes left. Um, these are never going to work, but less hours. I would love to do less hours because I feel like I work twice as much because I've got to give all of my interest and energy, the masking, the fakeness, even though I'm still nice to people and, you know, naturally I'm still nice to people. You know, working 25 hours a week for 25 hours a week pay, you know, would be, I could probably do the same amount of work in that time because I'd have more recovery. So I'd be overcharged to get to work and then I'd just power through it like a, like the Energizer bunny. But I understand that that's not possible everywhere, but the option of less hours could be something employers could consider. And then one for the idiot governments who put pension age up through and through. Earlier retirement. Why can't we retire earlier? You know, it's, it's crazy because we die younger. We work harder mentally. We get burnt out and more exhausted, much more than anybody else does at a much faster pace. We break down, we melt down, we burn out. So by the time I get to pension age, if I ever do, I'll just be the shell of a man. Whereas, you know, knock five years off. Just, just let us have a bit of freedom. That's all we ask for. We live in a world where we never feel free. It's a world that isn't ours. It'd be great if we could just have a little bit of time for us. But obviously, it's the government. They'll never do that because we're just cogs in a wheel, aren't we? But anyway, I hope it helps. I hope I made sense in any of those. Even just one of them will do me. Um, but until next time, thanks for watching and keep smiling.